Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. My name is Tim Daniel and it's October 24th. Today we're going to look at a paper from the Global Burden of Disease Study Group, the GBD, who I'm sure you'll recognise as the massive collaboration of researchers from around the world who estimate disease burden. The article in question today in the Lancet is on the global burden of stroke and is supplemented by a companion paper in our open access online journal, The Lancet Global Health, in which the group break down the global and regional burden of first ever ischemic and hemorrhagic strokes. But first, I need to introduce our guest, Dr. Miles Connor, a consultant neurologist from the NHS borders in the UK and part of the GBD's stroke expert group who authored these papers. Dr. Connor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. These two papers we're discussing today offer an enormously detailed estimate of the burden of stroke. Can you start off by giving us a little background on what we knew already about the burden of stroke and why did you do this study? Well, the first Global Burden of Disease study, which was published in 1997, looking at causes of death worldwide in 1990, showed that stroke was the second commonest cause of death. Now, at that time, rather surprisingly, it also showed that most of those deaths occurred in low- and middle-income countries. The more recent Global Burden of Disease, Injuries and Risk Factors study, or the Global Burden of Disease 2010 study, again ranked stroke as the second commonest cause of death and third commonest cause of disability-adjusted life years, or DALIs. But of course, there are additional components to the burden of stroke, not just mortality and disability. There's also prevalence and incidence. And a previous systematic review suggested that stroke was increasing in low- and middle-income countries while decreasing in high-income countries. So our Global Burden of Disease Stroke Expert Group, which is led by Professor Valeri Fagan, included stroke experts, particularly with interests from various regions of the world, including low- and middle-income countries, in an attempt to get all the data possible from regions, particularly those where there is often very little data and particularly unpublished data. And our aim was really to provide far more insight into the burden of stroke, in particular the number of new strokes, the number of people living with stroke and stroke-related disability, dying from stroke, and then to compare those factors across the world, comparing different regions of the world, and to look at the trends in burden, comparing 1990 and 2010. What's happened in terms of incidence and prevalence between 1990 and 2010? So we found a significant decrease in stroke mortality worldwide between 1990 and 2010, a decrease of around 25%. Now, while that's a really positive finding, looking at the absolute numbers of people affected, they've gone up, and probably because the population is aging and increasing. So incident strokes increased from around 10 million in 1990 to just under 17 million in 2010, and prevalence strokes almost doubled. Although the increase in incidence and prevalence was not statistically significant, it's interesting to note that if that trend continues, stroke deaths, survivors and DALIs will double by 2030. I think that's maybe one of the interesting comparisons is that although, like you say, you're seeing the overall age standardised incidence of stroke doesn't differ between 1990 and 2010, you are seeing vastly different effects depending on the country income level. Yes, that's right. So the distinct regional differences based on country income level. In the high income countries, there was a significant drop in stroke incidence and mortality between 1990 and 2010. But there are more people living with stroke and a significant increase, probably almost a doubling in the prevalence of stroke survivors over the 20 year period. One in contrast, in the low and middle income countries, there are almost twice as many new strokes and stroke survivors in 2010 as there were in 1990, even though that wasn't statistically significant. In 2010, more than twice as many first ever strokes occurred and twice as many people die prematurely of stroke in the low- and middle-income countries as in the high-income countries. So really, the the pattern is of the the low- and middle-income countries carrying most of the burden of stroke. Perhaps we consider stroke as something that happens to elderly populations. I know one of the more interesting associations seems to be the large burden of stroke in young people, both in instance and the cost in terms of DALIs. 
Yeah, so one of the striking findings of the study was the burden of stroke carried by the young. And stroke is traditionally a condition which is associated with ageing and increasing age remains an important non-modifiable risk factor for stroke. But between 1990 and 2010, there was a 25% significant increase in the incidence of stroke in adults aged 20 to 64. And so that, that age group is now making up almost a third of incident strokes. And most of those strokes within that age band are occurring in low and middle income countries. So while the mean age of stroke is gradually increasing globally, there's a discrepancy between the low and middle income countries and the high income countries where the mean age of stroke patients with incident and prevalent strokes is around five years higher in high income than in low and middle income countries. The other interesting factor is the fact that there are strokes occurring in children as well, although the numbers there haven't increased over time. In 2010, there were around 83,000 children affected by stroke. So that goes against the common thinking of stroke as a disease of the elderly and really raises important issues, as you said, not only in terms of incidence, but in terms of disability and the importance of identifying young people with stroke risk factors and empowering them to lower their risk and, when necessary, treating risk factors. So there's quite a surprising result then that stroke is no longer a disease of the elderly. It is also greatly affecting young people. Were there any other surprises you found in your analysis? Yes, well, we'd expected a drop in stroke mortality in high-income countries because of recent studies. We were surprised to see a reduction in stroke mortality in low- and middle-income countries. The one concern is that that's based on limited data sources and perhaps less robust data than in high-income countries. Although sensitivity analyses and other assessments suggest that the data we have is robust, we probably feel that that needs confirmation in the long term. I think that leads on nicely then to my next question. Reading the papers and the accompanying comment, although these papers are a comprehensive take on the burden of stroke, a lot is still unknown, like you say, especially for low- and middle-income countries. Where do you go from here? Well, I think, first of all, is to continue to monitor all available data sources coming in from particularly low- and middle-income countries, and so the current Global Burden of Disease study will, will continue in a new form. I think it's also really important for us to realise that good quality stroke epidemiology comes from community-based stroke studies, particularly incident stroke studies. And there have been very few of these in low and middle income countries. And so I think that's a really important task for the future is to increase the number of high quality community-based incident studies. The other issues are looking at the increase in stroke in younger age groups, both in high income countries and low and middle income countries. Both of those require further investigation. There wasn't a statistically significant increase in stroke stroke in the 20 to 64-year-old age group in high-income countries, but recent papers have suggested that there may be a trend in increasing incidence, and our findings support that. Further research is definitely needed to assess why that might be happening, and if indeed it is the case, whether that's related to an increased prevalence of risk factors in the stroke group or other factors, perhaps like drug use. In low- and middle-income countries, again, in that younger group of patients, we need to explore what the causes are and whether this is all being driven by an increased prevalence in traditional stroke risk factors or whether other perhaps regional-specific findings, like perhaps in sub-Saharan Africa, a high prevalence of HIV, which is seen in up to a third of stroke patients in studies, may be relevant as a risk. And so moving away from the epidemiological side, is there anything which needs to be done to improve prevention? Yes, I think particularly in low- and middle-income countries, we badly need acceptable and affordable stroke prevention strategies, looking at not just the individual level, but also at a population level to reduce tobacco, alcohol and salt consumption. But then combining that with identification of high-risk individuals, educating those individuals and empowering them to make lifestyle changes and, when appropriate, reducing their risk factors. And I think what we have to bear in mind is that what works in high-income countries may not necessarily work 
in low and middle income countries. And so it's really important for us to find culturally acceptable strategies that are likely to work in countries with limited resources. So perhaps this is a good opportunity to mention the Lancet Global Health paper, which broke down the incidence of stroke into hemorrhagic and ischemic. Were there any particular findings from that you'd like to draw out? Yes, I think the really important finding from that paper is that around 62% of disability and more than half of the lives lost to stroke were the result of hemorrhagic strokes. Hemorrhagic strokes, we know when they occur, are more likely to cause death and are mainly caused by high blood pressure. And again, it's that form of stroke which is causing a considerable burden in low and middle income countries, particularly in people younger than the age of 75. Well, there you have it. I think maybe the main message then to take away from these papers is that stroke is no longer a disease of the elderly. It's also occurring in people aged 20 to 64 years and even younger. Miles, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Tim.